busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I'm going to make a statement, and I want you to tell me what kind of mood you think that the statement eludes. So if you heard, I wanted to say me, but if you heard anyone say, I don't care, what does that portray to you? Now, if you're anything like the normal person, you're like, ooh, that's mean. Well, not particularly. It depends on the context. Like if I was giving some type of presentation to something or if I was really excited about something and I brought it to someone's attention and I'm like, look, oh, my gosh, he proposed. Or look, I got a promotion. Or oh, my gosh, I got the email I've been waiting for. And I looked at that person and looked back at me and was like, I don't care. You would be like, mm? I'm so- <laughs> that is by far the rudest. Okay, first of all, time out, Tifa, time out. What's the problem? Are you okay? Is everything good at home? Because what I just gave you does not equate to the uh, verbiage you just gave me. So can we do an even exchange? Because that's not right, okay? Um, I feel like... In that particular scenario, yes, I would agree with you that the statement, I don't care, is a little bit negative. It has a little Eeyore, I'm going to go find my tail. It does have that sense to it, and I get it. But I have begun to see that term in such a fulfilling way. It now eludes so much positivity freedom and just all things even low-key a little bit spiritual because you know that recently I think ever since I'll talk with the uh, tested faith and I was talking about the mammogram scare and all of that I have really been paying attention to my peace you know I've often referred to it as my peace walk and all of those things and If you are more aware and more present on the things that occur on a day-to-day basis, you would be a little bit appalled on how many times the enemy tries to get you to react to something, how many times the enemy tries to get you to transfer over your piece of savings over to your I care now into checking so that he can go ahead and withdraw from you. If you would pay attention to how many times that is done, you would actually start getting a little bit angry and more guarded in that area of care and so with that being said I have started to look at I don't care that statement as a cushion to all things that could possibly bother me so you know that usually more times than none most of our conversations are sparked from real life events like Listen, if I'm going to live it, I might as well just go ahead and share it because why pull from any other example than the one that I'm actively currently living? So today, wasn't really feeling my best, but haven't really been giving whatever my body is giving off for said day because you could be feeling an array of things and it's, it's not even your own. You could start feeling super duper sleepy because low key is about to start raining. You're like, oh, that's why I was having a hard time getting up. You know, Mercury retrograde. How many times you've seen on the social media webs where they like, oh, everybody's acting up because of the Mercury. It's like, I don't have anything to do with what goes on in the galaxy, okay? So I should not be uh, <laughs> uh, getting 
getting a reprimand of all of that. Like, why am I being put in a consequential chair? And so there are so many other things that happen that I have grown to the point that I no longer wait for the cue of my body to let me know how I'm going to feel or act on any given day. So wasn't feeling my best. For whatever the reason, I'm going to go ahead and blame it on that one thing that Eve did in the garden that one time that I got to see her for when we see her. You understand? Okay, great. So that was happening. And I'm fine. I, You know, I'm a thug. <laughs> so I went ahead and was getting myself together. And then my car wouldn't start. Hmm. Because tried to get my battery last year from a new location. And ever since, she hasn't been purring the way that she usually purrs. I kept saying to my husband, like, something is off. So once again, I go to um, try to rev her up. And she was like, uh, that, 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 that. And she went back home. Like, this is the ghetto. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, okay, we're going to go ahead and let that rock. And so I have been finding myself... Just making sure that, again, I'm starting to see trouble. Like if we're in a factory and, you know, you had that little assembly line and things are coming down the belt and you just got to go ahead and inspect it. And what you are literally doing, that's the imagery of life. As situations are coming on the belt and it's kind of going and you're looking, you are inspecting. Do I give this my care or do I not? Do I give this my care or do I not? Do I give this car not starting my care or do I not? Do I get my money looking kind of funny at care or do I look at the fact that such and such has said something I'm a little offended by? Should I like how many cares are you going to give before the actual assembly line starts to get backed up? And then now we're in a bigger issue than where we were when we first started. So I don't care is starting to feel so soothing to me. I was having a conversation with a relative and said person said, oh, have you heard from such and such? I was like, no, I haven't. Oh, because I had asked if such and such called you and been speaking to you, and they said they didn't speak to you in a long time. And, you know, I was just trying to, and I felt, again, <laughs> I had a decision to make because I felt my, my emotions like, can I come in? <laughs> y'all, I feel like y'all calling me. I feel like, who is there? Sadness and a little bit of offense. And, you know, something that possibly feel like a little bit like rejection because you feel like somebody is not caring about you the way you care about them. Can we come in? And I just had to make the decision. No, I don't care. I don't care. That is how I have begun answering certain things and so I want to change the narrative on I don't care it is not I don't care about said relative that I was just talking about it is not that I don't care about my car because she is my baby you understand like she done drove me a couple of places that a couple of other people couldn't take me just me and my girl you understand it's not that I don't care about these things it's that I've decided I can't give any more care to the situation than anything just face value I can't okay the car didn't start so what you want me to do? You want me to go in the house? You want me to kick the car? You want me to go in the house and get upset? Do you want me to start, oh, every time, and just have a little, you know, 
this complaint parade real quick. Um, okay, so such and such hasn't called me and promised that she was, and we was going to have these different conversations, and these promises keep being said, and they're not being met. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and start getting upset, call up such and such, and give them a piece of my mind because my emotions knocked on the door, and it, I let it in, and so now I'm feeling all this care that has to be now sorted out, and when I get to the foundation of these care, it's just emotions that weren't kind of, aligned and arranged in a proper way and so is me doing that going to make such and such call me more me having that fit over the car once I have that does the car then start no all of that goes in vain and so I fast forward through the emotional parade and I just let myself know I don't care and what that means for me is once again I do not have enough care to give this because it's not going to change the outcome I'm going to be a big girl now I'm gonna take the situation at face value I'm gonna go ahead and process it I very much can stand back and go man well that's an inconvenience who wants a car that doesn't start well that's hurtful who wants a relative <laughs> that's third party and admitting I haven't really spoke to her I said I was going to call on a date and like who wants to hear that so I am not starting this Omarion campaign where there's an icebox where my heart used to be. I am not at all getting to a place where I'm like, you know what, forget everybody and I want to be isolated. No, 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 because I feel like that is some of the prerequisite of a demonic attack because the more that the enemy can isolate, then the more that he can break down what God has for you. So I'm very clear on that. It's just I'm to the point that it's like shrug shoulder ministry. And I think of the imagery when the people in the village brought the woman who was the adulteress um, that when they brought that woman to Jesus and the Bible says that he was sitting down and he had his finger and he kind of was just like, you know, writing some things in the sand. And he was like, Jesus, we found her over here. Thought and sir, it's in the Bible. Okay. You got to just roll with me. We found her over here doing such and such. We should go ahead and kill her. And they started picking up stones and we getting ready to do blah, blah, blah. And they had to be riled up because everybody was picking up something to go ahead and let this woman know what you did was wrong. We having an angry reaction over that. We do not like the fact that you out here thotting around in our villages and around our families and our men and our children. So what we getting ready to do is we getting ready to show you how much we care about what you doing. It has angered us. And now we going to go ahead and attack your life. Jesus, we brought her here so you can go ahead and decade attack and the whole time that they're revving up the bible didn't mention that jesus stood up he didn't say everybody calm down he didn't do none of that he was just like he without sin cast the first stone and i'm sure they was like sir our hypeness like do you not see that we upset like bro we we want to end her life sir and why you sitting there for a call? matter of fact is that tic-tac-toe what are you drawing on, on, the, on the ground? What's that on the sand? Like, what you doing? Did, did you not just hear? Aren't you like the Messiah and all of that? You should be as irritated and agitated as we are. This woman is doing something unlawful. Let's go ahead and handle this. So throw the first stone if you don't have no sin, bro. And then the Bible says that one by one, those people went ahead and was like, don't. Homer Simpson float, put down the stone and kind of like walked away. And so at the end, it was just the woman and Jesus. And he was like, huh, I guess everybody left. And then he went ahead and told her about herself. And then she was convicted to go ahead and change her lifestyle. 
She went back to that particular village and it was like, you know what? <laughs> I met a man that just told me all about myself. And she alone, with that one little s- sacrificial evangelistic approach, saved so many people in that village that it was like that had to happen that way. But I don't think if any of us were in that particular position that Jesus was in, I don't think we would have handled it that way. We would have tried to calm everybody down, listen to the facts. Okay, time out, time out. Okay, what's going on? And what Jesus was just illustrating was just a posture of, y'all not getting ready to have me transfer over my care. Jesus was very clear on what he was sent to do, how much emotion he needed to give each situation. And he wasn't going to be this ping pong on earth between one person's care and another person's care and another person. And you would think to keep such a stature and such a poise that it would have kind of like been contaminated because there were so many people who needed healing. So many people who were questioning him. The the Pharisees had something to say about him. Everybody was questioning him. And yet he just kept a poise of looking at Peter like, who do you say I am? Hmm? I don't care what they say. (laughs) I, I don't care. But who do you say that I am? When them boys was on the boat, and, and the storm was getting real crazy, and there was a lot going on, and it was like, "Ooh, buddy, we get this ain't looking good." Like we, the b- water's starting to get inside, and the boys went to Jesus, and they woke him up, and they was shaking him like, "Master, get up! You don't care that we getting ready to drown." He looked at them, looked at the uh, sea and the waves and and the wind and all that, and he was like, "Peace, be still." How is it that? Jesus could have been in the midst of all that emotional chaos. And yet he kept a poise of, hmm, interesting. How? For one, Jesus. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay. For two, the living word. Okay, all right, you got that one too. But I think what I kind of pieced together and what I pulled from that was he wasn't easily uh, rattled. It wasn't easy for anyone to pervert his peace. It wasn't easy for you to transfer on what you were feeling for him to go ahead and accept that and then take on that emotion. We really need to take it the same way that we've done with kids or little babies, your nieces, your nephews, whoever. When the baby comes up to you because they fell and they, <laughs> and the snot and all that, just like, oh, you just, you don't get down to their level and go, what, what happened? What happened? What happened? You don't do that then, right? You calm them down. You say, sure, okay. And you embrace them or whatever they point to you, whether it's their finger or their knee, you start to tend to that. But the whole time through that transaction, you never change your stance and your poise and your posture of peace. So why don't we do that in everyday walking life? Why is it that if we have a transaction with someone at their job, Or, you know, if you went somewhere and they were working there, like if you went to a store or what have you, or if you have a negative transaction at your job, why is it that one person's emotional exchange could actually go ahead and quote unquote ruin your day? Why is that? 
Why is that that when such and such is not doing what they said they was going to do and blah, 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 why is it that all of a sudden now that just makes you not want to trust anybody anymore? Huh? How does one person have all that power? That's what the, that's what the great Bishop Kanye West said, right? Got to listen to the music. I just, that's one of the songs I like. But seriously, we have to get to a point that we have a buffer between our savings where our peace is saved and what we decide to go ahead and transfer over to the checking and withdraw from that. I love the fact that the banking industry has now changed. Yeah, it's your money, but they changed the rules. It's like, let me go ahead and explain something to you. As of today, you have a grand total of six times. That's how many times that you can transfer out of your savings for whatever the reason. But there will be no more transfers after six, ma'am. Six whole transfers a month. What if you started treating your emotions like that? Like real talk. I'm telling you, inspiration is everywhere. If you just opened up your eyes and was like, time out. I can't even transfer from my savings to my checking more than six times if I wanted to. Why is it that I'm having numerous amounts of transferred emotional baggage from other people, other situations, other things. And I'm doing like six a week, six a day. Do you realize that there's a fight for your peace? Do you realize and are you at the place that you can actually admit, I do give a little bit too much care to certain things, more than what I would like to go ahead and like admit to, I'm a little embarrassed. Saying I don't care doesn't make you a bad person. Saying I don't care is not making you disconnected or making you cold-hearted or, oh, I thought you was better than that. Aren't you supposed to be a Christian? You know, be the, be the bigger person. You just have to get to the point that the statement I don't care is a reminder of I can't keep transferring from my peaceful place. I can't keep doing it. Because then when it comes time to really put my care in a situation, I don't want to be depleted. Following the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, the Savior, the, the Messiah, the Savior, the whole bunch of everything that he is, the awesome. I haven't seen where he continued to lose his cool. And if we follow that illustration, I think we would have a better time a better journey in this thing called life. It was that one time that them folks went ahead and tried to switch God's house up to some type of business market, and Jesus was like, what? <laughs> oh, y'all don't know. Y'all thinking because I, I got the point, Dexter, like I'm cool with it, like I'm cool with it in the cucumber. You know, you kind of, y'all trying to play me. Okay, so here's this table, here's my hand, here's this flip table real quick. Let me go ahead and take one of these situations and do a little, and get that happening. And so he lost his cool there, but rightfully so. Y'all disrespected the temple of God. Y'all disrespected his father's house. And he was like, no, you not. So that's an illustration and an instruction right there. He cared when it was time to care, and his care was very much connected to what he stood for and the disrespect he wasn't going to allow. 
even to the point when they came and Judas, he knew what Judas was going to do. He let Judas come over and kiss him. It's nothing. Go ahead. Come on, Jada kiss. We cool. He let them boys go ahead and mock him and spit. And this is a man that had the power to do something miraculous. Probably just go ahead and snap his fingers real quick and would have had everybody stop breathing. Like, I will pause time for 15 minutes and y'all would all be dead. Like, stop playing. But to have that much power and to contain it is just an illustration of power that we will never understand. Your peace is your power. And for someone to come into your life, to come into your day, to have a conversation, to have any form of exchange with you and have the power to get you to transfer from your savings to your checking for the seventh time is a problem. Because if we can't even do that for our banks, then we shouldn't do it for our emotional banks. I want us to get to the place that we start to realize I need to be a better steward over my peace. I need to make better decisions on when I go ahead and transfer over that peace. This is not the time to go ahead and start just showing up at every emotional invite. You will be exhausted. Only for the things that matter. And I even want us to get to the place that we don't even react to stuff on our own. We actually look at God and we like, look, (laughs) I need you to go ahead through the Holy Spirit and show me what to respond to. And I think that's why the Bible says to cast your care. Because you cannot take on every emotional invite, every opportunity to show how much you care, because that is what a reaction is. A reaction is, oh, you care a lot about that situation. Do you know that you can care and be poised at the same time? I just told you Jesus did it. Do you know that you can care and still keep your sanity, still keep your peace, still keep, you can still care and not carry out something that looks like Tasmanian devil. You can still care and not look like, okay, wow, what happened now? Too much care can lead to things and places that you should have never gone to. It can lead to depression, rebuke in the name of Jesus. It can lead to you being extremely distraught. It can lead to having those ideations where you feel like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be here no more because you are being squeezed more than the average lemon in your care department and you're not being refilled properly. We, we have a lot of knowledge these days, but we don't have a lot of application. If you applied the things that you knew, applied the things that we're even saying and having in these phone calls, I promise you life will start feeling so much better because it has started feeling better for me. I'm going to go ahead and be completely unveiled with you. I am by far the most, by nature, the most sensitive person on earth. I am just super duper sensitive. Now you can blame it on, you know, astrology. Because I've heard people say, oh, you a cancer. Oh, y'all sensitive. You, however you believe, that that's cool. I, I, don't, I would like to go ahead and just, that's how I'm wired. I'm empathetic. I, I just, I feel what everybody else is feel, feeling. I feel the energy in the room. I don't have to know you to go ahead and feel like, be connected in a way. Um, when Kobe passed, I've never even met him. And I was just feeling the weight of the world. And it just felt like, oh my goodness. The same thing actually with Nipsey Hussle. It's a few stars. And I'm like, but I've never even seen you. 
like I never even I, to be honest I never heard any of Nipsey Hussle's music up until that time but the way that I'm wired it's a double fold kind of situation because I'm wired like that naturally but I'm also wired like that spiritually I think the reason that God gave me the gifts that I have is because I need to connect to people in a way that goes deeper than just surface so when I connect to a person and I help a person, I'm not just helping surface. I'm digging to the root and I see the contaminations of their specified issues. And I can tell you where it's coming from, how it's coming from, through the grace of God. God's given me the ability to do that. And so I realized, oh, my gosh, I need another layer in life because I don't want to keep feeling everything. When I went ahead and launched my coaching, coaching sessions, strive in inspire dot as dot me when I say exhausted by the end of every session because of what was happening inside because when your gift is being used by God whatever your gift is if your gift is singing if it's helping people if it's going ahead and having the gift of knowledge and wisdom whatever it is when you're really operating in that thing exhaustion is like Oh, my goodness. And so I was very clear. I need another layer, God. I can't feel what other people are feeling and feel me and feel something else going on and then turn on, you know, look on something on social media. Now I feel bad. To be honest, that's how I came up with the topic of protect your energy, because literally here I am doo, 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 making my way downtown the Instagram streets and got caught up in some mess. And I'm like, why do I feel so low right now? And it was because, again, up until that particular conversation, I didn't know how to protect my peace. I didn't know how to say I don't care. Care, which is just a translation of I can't go ahead and transfer over another care because I need to keep my care composed for the things that God needs me to care about I just can't be out here giving out my care like it's flyers like it's a mixtape on sale I can't do that it's too precious when you start looking at your cares like mm, so what are the instructional things behind this on a spiritual application the Bible says in Peter, cast your cares. I want you to go ahead and find that scripture. I want you to longhand write it out. I want you to put it on whatever sticky note you need, however you need to do it. But I need you to see that thing constantly. And every single time that something comes up in your life that is going ahead and knocking on the emotional door, trying to get you to respond to this emotional invite, I want you to remember, cast your care. God said to cast my care. So back to that assembly line that we were talking about earlier with the factory of life. As things are coming down your belt and you are inspecting it, you have the option to A, go ahead and care, or B, let it keep going. But if it's something that is bothering you, your only option is an A. You have a third option, cast your care, meaning you take that thing off the belt, you go ahead and put that in the basket that says send to God, and you put that in the basket and you push it along its way. God is like, I can handle whatever you can't handle. I can respond to whatever it is you can't respond to. And that's what I give them boys that was on the boat with him 
they realize I can't deal with this particular wave, with this particular storm and these winds being atrocious. I got to go ahead and give this a, a, a savior that's bigger than me. I got to go ahead and get somebody else to respond. So I'm going to go ahead and even if it looks emotional, I'm going to say, Jesus, don't you care that we can ready to drown? Because then Jesus can respond to that because that is the equivalent and the best illustration of casting your care. I can't care about this, but I know somebody who can handle this. And so I want you to see, I don't care differently. You can look at it as cast your care. You can look at it the way that I've been looking at it twofold, which is I don't have enough care for this particular transaction because I don't want to be emotionally depleted. You can look at it however you want to look at it. But my challenge to you is twofold. A, pay more attention to the emotional invites in your life the little nuances, the little, hmm, I could get upset. But for what? That's not going to, like, for what? To be, <laughs> to have a problem to solve and then to add emotions to that, so you want me to be an emotional problem solver? That's not wisdom. I could care. I just choose not to ca- not to go ahead and transfer over this care. I think I'm going to go ahead and cast this one. And then B, the second part of the challenge. I want you to go ahead and start doing the shrug shoulder ministry. LLC. I don't care. So the first part, A, pay more attention to those things that are emotional invites. And then the second part, B, go ahead and start casting your care, but reminding yourself, I don't care. I don't have enough care to give this, to still walk out my assignment successfully, to still go ahead and then go home and be, you know, mom, dad, whatever you need to be. I can't give all my care at work so that I have no care left at home. I can't give all my family my care and then I have nothing to give to the world in my calling. I can't get, you have to balance that. And maybe sometimes the balancing beam just can be reactivated with a simple statement of, I don't care. And breaking that down, I, yourself, acknowledging you are first, don't care. If we put a parenthesis around the don't, I realize you care, but you don't have enough care to transfer to everything. That's what I'm trying to get to you. Do you understand that? Okay. So I feel you got what you needed. This was an excellent convo. I've been meaning to get this off of my chest for some time because I'm like, but I wanted to test it out and just make sure that I wasn't coming up with something that was sounding cold-hearted and giving people a reason to, yup, because that's why I don't pick up my phone no more. That's why. No, I don't want you to be cold-hearted. I don't want you to be isolated. I just want you to be intentional because you matter. You see what I'm saying? But I feel like you got what you needed. You know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that by the time that you and I hang up, we have a plan in motion that's going to make our lives a little bit better than it was before. Right? Or at least that's what I would like to believe our conversations are doing. But, as my good, good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Go ahead and cast it. Cast the care. I'll talk to you later. Later.